Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the 1997 film As Good As It Gets. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do proceed and listen without having seen it, just be aware that we might discuss elements of the plot. It might be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Hello. Hello. Yeah, let's start off with a question. What if this is as good as it gets? If this is as good as it gets, then I'm going to go own a fancy little dog and go on a road trip. See, you already own a fancy little cat, right? <laughs> I do. Well, I don't I know do. if little is the right word, but she's definitely fancy. She is. She is little. She. Her name is Minnie, and she lives up to that name by being pocket-sized. <laughs> yeah. Everywhere you go, you've just taken her out of your pocket. Put her on the table. Look at this tiny cat. I wish I could. I love my cat to a ridiculous degree. I would go everywhere with my cat if it was feasible. How small is the world's smallest cat? Like adult cat. I don't mean like a kitten. Well, uh, as in house cat. cat. Well, any cat. I don't care where it lives. <laughs> Boat cat. <laughs> By the way, did you know the cougar is the largest cat that purrs? Oh, that's amazing. Imagine hearing a cougar purr. Yeah. We were watching a program about Yellowstone yesterday, and they had a big cougar just purring for a long time. It was quite it was quite satisfying, quite relaxing. Oh, that's... that's Yeah, I, I, love, I love stuff like that. Like, uh, Palace's cat is one of these animals that I cannot get enough of seeing. I don't know if you've seen a Palace's cat. No. Is that... How, how are we spelling Palace? It's... Uh, P-A-L-L-A-S. Oh, yeah. Palace's cat. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen this guy before. They're incredible. They're yeah. probably my favourite animal. Otocolobus manul is the Latin name. <laughs> <laughs> They're these little fairy bastards. They constantly look furious. Um, they're incredible. I adore them. The rusty um, spotted could... cat is one of the world's smallest cats. Yes, yeah, so... That's why I asked, do you mean house cat, your regular cat, or do you mean wild cats? Because, yes, these things are teeny tiny Aww. and very effective predators as well. Um, but obviously they, they go after smaller prey than your usual um, your usual cats. Um, but, yeah, yeah. But they're still they're, predators. They're adorable. Of course they are. They're a cat. The animal kingdom is amazing, isn't it? It is. I do love animals. I always end up watching the new David Attenborough whenever it's out. Yeah. Um, it's always it's about once a year. Watch. He emerges from his house and goes somewhere big and impressive and tells us all that we're ruining everything and killing the planet. But he does it in such a nice way. <laughs> Look at these cute little animals. Aren't they cute? Now they're being eaten by bigger animals. And now all the animals are going to die because of you. You shits. <laughs> you specifically. He, look, you he looks bastards. you in the eye. That's the thing. He looks you right in the eye and goes, you fucking plastic consuming bastard. You've ruined the planet forever. <laughs> yeah. And unless you sort out your shit now, it's going to destroy it. Yeah. I'm done with your bullshit. Get your act together. <laughs> he really is a wonderful man. A national I treasure. I love him. It's one of the few things that really makes the BBC worthwhile. Um, you know, you've got some got some good dramas there. You've got, you know, things like David Attenborough. Everyone's watching it's... Line of Duty right now, aren't they? Yeah. That's about cops. A... I don't want to watch a show about cops. <laughs> ACAB. It's, it's about cops that catch other cops. Right. Do, do two wrongs make a right? That's the question. Um, the two cops make a cop. <laughs> Yes, well, it's it's they're the um they're like the internal investigations division, aren't they? I don't know. I've never seen it. Maybe. It's, it's anti it's anti corruption. No, so it's one of those things that I've always wanted to watch because apparently it is amazing. Um, and they're yeah they're anti corruption um cops, so they're there to get bent coppers. 
Right. They're there to get bent. Yeah. Exactly. Get bent, coppers. That's what we say on this podcast. <laughs> ACAB. All yep. cardigans are brilliant. <laughs> like, I really need a new cardigan. Like, all of my cardigans are too thick for this stage of the year. You know, like, I need a thin cardigan. I'll tell you what you want, Paddy. You want one of the All Saints merino wool cardigans. Got one for Christmas. Lightweight. Feels like a cloud. A cloud is draped over me. It is wonderful. I don't think I've ever bought anything from All Saints. I think that's for smaller men than me. I think if well, you'd walk in there and find that the jeans go up to a 36 if you're lucky. You know? Yeah, they are They are quite slim. I I feel too stocky for All Saints stuff. Which, to be fair, I, I, I've piled on the weight in Have you? lockdown. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I started a new antidepressant at the same time as it was impossible to get outside and walk around. Um, and the antidepressants' uh, side effects include uh, weight gain. So oh, I've no. been exercising every day, <laughs> eating healthily. And it's just, I haven't put on too much weight, but I've put on some weight in lockdown. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I get back to... That a weight I'm comfortable with when I can when I can go out and face the world again. But the beard is staying. My lockdown beard is a yes. fixture now. I think I'm a big fan of that. It's gonna gonna be here forever. My beard it makes you look like a rugged gentleman. Exactly. That's what I'm going for. I'm going for that. So I'm thinking of going back to the mustache because I got full beard oh, right now. But nice. the tash was very popular. So maybe when very, baseball very season nice. starts and I need the select look. Yeah, I think you've got to do that. Um, but a, a a film where there was not enough facial hair is as good as it gets. Yeah. I don't think anybody in this film had facial hair, which is a shame. Everyone was really clean shaven. Yeah, yeah. There's uh did um Cuba Gooding Jr. have a little mustache? I oh, know he did, yeah. He, he had, had a little, little mustache. Yeah. The the kind that looks like it's been painted on. Yeah, yeah. Um but uh, but yeah, it's uh, we we both seen this movie before, haven't we? Yeah, I I hadn't seen it for some time actually, um, and I forgot most of the key details other than that it's one of the it's the second best dog movie of the nineties, and Jack Nicholson is Jack Nicholson <laughs> in it. So Beethoven is the best. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, sorry, third best. Beethoven, Beethoven second. What about Airbud? Yeah, I think this is better than Airbud. Only because it's it's serious, you know. Airbud's kind of a shit piece. Not going to lie, <laughs> you should watch it. <laughs> we could watch it for the. Yeah. Well, we've got our big episode coming up in two episodes' time, haven't? We? Yeah. Oh, do you think I'm going to drop? I'm going to drop like an Airbud trilogy on you. Is maybe? it going to be? Is it going to be Airbud? Is it going to be Beethoven? Um, is it going to be? Well, I I assume it's going to be Prince related. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> yeah. But... Just, um, just let me quickly Google whether Prince had any involvement with Beethoven, whether you can hear a Prince song in the background of <laughs> one of the scenes <laughs> in Beethoven. Um, so I'm I'm now looking up dog movies. What would you say is the best dog movie of all time? Beethoven. No contest. So Beethoven is the best dog movie. I yeah. think I'd agree with you on that. Um, Airbud's seventh inning fetch is a close second, obviously. <laughs> is there one where he plays hockey? I don't know if there is, actually. Airbud's Big Puck. I don't know, because air hockey is a, a sport. Air hockey is a sport. Airbud. Oh yeah, here we go. Airbud. M- oh no, it's a it's a monkey. It's part of the Airbud franchise, but it's MVP most valuable primate. Oh, <laughs> I'm not down with that. Most valuable primate. Yeah, that's Jeez. very bad. <laughs> I'm just looking at the poster now. Um, <laughs> awful. Does that? Yeah, it's got a little Airbud logo at the top. Yeah, Airbud Entertainment presents, and this oh is the reason. This film is probably the reason why. Other than that, there aren't any other Airbud Entertainment presents films, <laughs> apart from the Air Buddies spin-off films in which the puppies talk. Apparently, there's the MVP trilogy. Oh, oh no! Um, that's cursed knowledge. <laughs> so- <laughs> the movie generated one theatrically sequel and one director video sequel. In each film, Jack learns to play a different sport. So you had MVP two, most vertical primates. Oh my god! 
um, where I'm looking at the picture. He's got a skateboard. Um, and then MXP, most extreme primate. Oh, no. Is he a radical dude? He's, <laughs> he's the most <laughs> radical dude. Um, <laughs> it looks like he's snowboarding. Oh, no. I, d- I don't like this. Jack's this- back. And this time he is shredding up the slopes in his most extreme adventure yet. <laughs> Jack meets up with Pete, a snowboarder, and his rocker brother Jay, where they must outwit two crooks and win the border cross championships. There's always <laughs> some crooks to outwit. That's the thing about Edward. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. And, and also, I, what I love about MXP Most Extreme Primate, which might be my next pick for movie, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> We'll ignore the first two and go straight to the third one. The, uh, direct to um, video, direct to podcast. The direct, direct podcast movie, um, because it, I love those kind of uh, terrible trope laden '80s sports movies where generally yeah. they're skiing or snowboarding, and this just seems like one of them. Apart from the lead character is a chimp. What more could you want from a movie? <laughs> Most extreme primate. And it's got from the creators of Airbud on it. On the, but this time it's on the bottom. And it's in like a really bad font. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Comic That's Sans. It's, good. That's comic it's not, sans. not even in Comic Sans. Um, so so apart, from, apart from Beethoven, Airbud, uh, as good as it gets, what other dog movies do you think stand above the uh, there's there's Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, mm-hmm. um, Old Yeller, obviously. That's an oldie, but a goodie. You got Best in Show. You're a fan of Best in Show? Yes. That Although I suppose, my... does that really count as a dog movie if the dog doesn't have some kind of supernatural ability to be a dog? If the dog isn't the one who's catching the crooks, then we might have to put that in a separate category. Yeah. Yeah. Um... You've got the Scooby Doo movies, of course. <laughs> um, Cujo, the ultimate dog movie. I was, funnily enough, I was reading, um, rereading Stephen King's on writing, and Cujo was the last book he wrote before he he read before he got sober. And um, in the book, he talks about that he basically has no memory of writing that book because he was so wasted. <laughs> I think it kind of shows. <laughs> I think it shows, yeah, but I'm glad it exists. I'm glad it exists. You've got the shaggy dog. That's the one where Tim Allen turns <laughs> into a sheepdog. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I could, you could sit here and list dog movies all day. Um, yeah, I'm currently looking through a list of the 100 best dog movies. Um, okay, what's at number 100? <laughs> Hold on, let's scroll to the Wait, is that Is that the top best or the, lo- the highest or the lowest? 100 is the lowest. So this is, I think it's a fan curated list. I don't think it is an official IMDb list. But Wonton Tom, the dog who saved Hollywood, is <laughs> rated 100. <laughs> has a score of 4.9 on IMDb. Um, wow. 4.9 out of 5. That's pretty high. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, you've got White Fang. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, something called The Queen's Corgi, which came out... Oh, I'm vaguely aware of that. Isn't that a out, cartoon? Like, came out last year with um, the voice of <laughs> Rusty Shackleford. <laughs> Rusty Shackleford? No, which that's a fake inc- name. It's an incredible name. That's a fake honest. name from King of the Hill. <laughs> it is. Um... What else have we... Yeah, Marley and Me as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never seen Marley and Me. I'm not as big a dog movie fan as you are. Um, if it's not about a dog with some kind of ability that it shouldn't have, then I have no real interest in dog movies. Um, <laughs> but you appreciate a dog if it's giving Jack Nicholson a reason to live, right? Yeah, yeah. I would have preferred if it also had some kind of supernatural ability. Like if it if it was a perfectly normal movie, but then when the dog was dropped off at Jack Nicholson's apartment, the dog started talking to him. That would have made as good as it gets a better movie. I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, and the dog like won't take any of his shit. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so I have something controversial to say about this movie. I I really like as good as it gets. Right. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of it, as I believe you are as well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I still think, and I thought the first time I watched it, and I think it today, I would prefer this movie if there wasn't romance in it. And instead it was about a platonic friendship between these three people. Yeah, so it's more like a buddy film. Because that's, yeah. yeah. that's how it feels for most of its duration. Yeah, and 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 then for me at least, it, the the romantic aspect of it feels almost tacked on. Whereas I think, I think this movie would really have been more powerful for me if it was about this, um, this uh, platonic relationship between these people and how Jack Nicholson opens up his life to these other people and becomes a better person through it. Um, and I think that would have been a lot better. But uh, what what do you think of of that? I, I, I think I agree with take. that. Yeah, there was something there was something about it on this rewatch that I couldn't put my finger on that just felt a, just a tiny bit flat. I mean, I, I do still think it's a great film and that it's deserving of the Oscars that it won and it holds up surprisingly well, despite some elements of it that are potentially a little bit dated. Um, and I think if you were making it these days, um, you may struggle to to get off get it off the ground with the amount of. Um, racial slurs and <laughs> other language that he uses but I, I I really enjoyed it but I think I completely agree with you actually and I think the reason for that is that it's a character driven piece rather than a plot driven piece and it, it's very long as well it's like two hours and ten two hours fifteen which for a, a romantic film is quite long um and part of that is because it does actually really dig deep on the characters, but somehow it still manages to leave you wanting more. I want to know all about the life of Melvin, you know? Yeah, I want to know if he's a fan of the Melvins, for instance. Yes, Melvin Bison, his name is. <laughs> um, which is a great name, great character name. Um, uh, <laughs> you've got, yeah, Melvin, Melv- Melvin Udall, uh, haven't you, is his, is his name. Um, but yeah. of course, and he's supposedly a rom- romantic novelist as well. He writes yeah, romance books, yeah. Which is, uh, it's not particularly believable, I suppose. No. Um, and did you think the fact that Jack Nicholson looks like an old man in this movie was distracting? <laughs> This time that you a little it. bit. You you mean um, the fact that he looked like his online avatar drill? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Genuinely, it's since drill. And if you don't know who drill is, just type in D R I L into the internet. You'll you'll work it out. Or Wint um, was a character on weird Twitter who uses a picture of like a sort of really low res picture of Jack Nicholson with sunglasses on, smoking a cigarette as his avatar, and. It's been so long since I've seen a film with Jack Nicholson in that, like, now that Drill is firmly embedded into my brain as a thing, every time I see him on screen, I'm like, oh, it's, it's Drill. There he is. He's about to walk into a room and say, piss is the main threat or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just think that that's going to happen, don't you? It's just like, um, this, is, this film is the adventures of Drill. <laughs> exactly but yes, he's a bit old and a bit creepy. He, he is... I mean, if you got Jack Nicholson from, you know, there is a base nearly thirty-year age gap between um, between Helen Hunt and Jack Nicholson. Um, I think it's it's twenty-five, twenty-four years, and it shows in this film because Jack Nicholson. If you if you had Jack Nicholson from, you know. 1970s peaks so chinatown one flew over the cuckoo's nest something like that if you add him from that era and put him into this movie you'd think oh yeah this roguish gruff romantic lead that's that works really well um but he he's a doddery old man in this movie (laughs) there's no (laughs) getting around it um and it is distracting i did find it distracting and i know that that's supposed to be part of the the strangeness of their relationship that you know he is this that much older and and this aloof nasty human being who over the course of a few days comes to be a better human being but i still felt there was there's this separation that i can never quite get over yeah definitely and the whole time you're thinking is it going to happen is it really actually about these two people and not that an age gap is necessarily a problem and there are other films that explore that well but yeah you're just thinking He's an old man. 
Yeah, and I, and I, I don't think that it really addresses the age gap and if you look at hollywood's um history with age gaps through to the modern day um you regularly see 20 year age gaps between male leads and and female leads um and it just feels a bit i don't know but that's usually like 40 year olds playing high schoolers instead of playing (laughs) themselves or tom cruise refusing to be with a woman his own age in a movie that kind of yeah thing. um oh you know it goes as far back as angela lansbury playing elvis's mum when she's like three years older than him yeah yeah it's um which happened in multiple films i think yeah there, there's all these cases of, of people who are, are playing the mothers of other characters who are um who are you know not um not that much different from the male leads of the of the film um and um yeah it is a it is a it is an issue i think it is something that i think needs to be addressed a little bit in 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 movies in general um and yeah i don't know it's just but that's what's great about this film is you're you're not really rooting for the romance but it's still enjoyable and most of the time when a film gives you a reason not to root for the romance it's a major turn off and you just think well what's the point but in this film, even though you're not rooting for the romance, you're still rooting for them as characters because they're really well written and very engrossing. Oh yeah, for sure. They're they're incredibly um incredibly well written, I think. Um they are, you know, these um these really nuanced characters, and I think like you said, it's <sighs> Like like you said, it wouldn't necessarily be a movie that gets made now because of the various slurs that he uses at the beginning. And I mean, as an author, he would be cancelled within minutes. Yeah. He'd, be like, he'd walk into the restaurant and start saying something to a Jewish couple about their noses or whatever, like amongst all the horrible things that he says. Someone would film it, upload it to Instagram, and like he, yeah, there would be a mob outside in minutes. Yeah, yeah, it would be uh, no... <laughs> hashtag cancel hashtag cancel melvin would be everywhere um yeah but um he'd be the jk rowling of his <laughs> of the film exactly but I, I i do feel as though it is a little bit unnecessary and i i think it does speak of the movie of its time so this was 1997 at that point saying these kind of slurs were still unacceptable but you could get away with having them in a movie and then having the character redeem themselves through other things. Um, yeah. And I don't necessarily think the same is true today. I still think, I think if someone came into this movie fresh, they weren't an old man like you and I. Um, they're one of these young, young generation Zedders who are like, I've got no time for old people like you, Paddy. Um, they'd take one look at the opening of the movie and think i'm not going to root for this guy because he's either a massive racist and homophobe or he's using that for shock value to hurt people who they he knows will be hurt by those comments yeah are you offended yeah yeah he's triggered he's jordan peterson turns to romance novels and that's no can you imagine that's what as good as it gets is about (laughs) i I took her for a crab dinner <laughs> took her for a crab dinner <laughs> and then i realized i can't eat the crab because i'm on an all-meat diet <laughs> tidy your room <laughs> um yeah so i i don't know i i found that uh, i found it a little bit unnecessary when i first watched the movie on another watch again i felt it was unnecessary again i understand what they're doing where they're making him this dislikable person who's deliberately pushing other people away but at the same time does a few good deeds without necessarily seeing that he's become a truly better person fully redeem him not necessarily no but that's i don't think the film necessarily wants you to think in absolute terms it just wants you to realize that much like the crab to many people there is a soft soft interior behind the hard shell and that people are complex yeah Yeah. and and for me at least i think all of that would work incredibly well if there wasn't this finite romantic ending where if you had this if you had this platonic element to it where 
um the end result was he's this kind of this benefactor this this never had um uncle figure to the family who supports this young artist and together they have this very unlikely friendship between these three people who have felt ostracized from society for various ways whether it's because of their ocd whether it's because of their 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 place as 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 a gay man um or whether because they're a single mother looking after a sick child they found each other in this city that often doesn't give a damn about them and i think that would have been a really powerful message to have and for me at least the fact that they have this kind of finite i'm now in love with you and we're going to be happy together forever just you and me kind of undermines what i really love about this film which is those elements of these outcasts coming together it's it's the breakfast club for old people really isn't it it's (laughs) as good as it gets i love the bit at the end when jack nicholson walks across the football field and punches his hand in the air Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but but you know what I mean. It's it's about the camaraderie between uh, uh, a wider cast, um, and for me, then bringing that into the binary. And I understand why they did it because rom coms sell. Platonic yeah. friendship between three people doesn't sell movies, and this is Brilliant. a film that sold, and it did. It you know this is a hugely successful movie, not just critically but commercially as well. Um, and I don't want to say that this is not a good movie because I I do really like this film a lot, even in its state, even though I'm nitpicking. I just wish that the core message wasn't diluted by other elements. I believe it is still the most recent film to win both of the lead acting awards. So he won the award for best actor. She won best actress. Yes. And uh, it also won best dog award as well at the Oscars. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Jill the dog won best dog. <laughs> Jill, um, oh, is that the dog's name? That Jill. is the dog's name, yes, Jill. Well Only done, Jill. appeared in two films, um, As Good As It Gets, and a film called Carolina. Never heard of that. Um, which has Julia Stiles in. I've never heard of it either, but apparently uh-huh. it had the same dog. Julia Stiles. We stand. We, we do stand. Big fan we of stand. hers. Friend of the we podcast. Stand. Friend of the podcast. Never misses an episode. Um, was the it was our was it our first ever episode? It was. We did ten things yeah. I hate about you. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so yeah, we're we're fans here, but yeah, I, uh, but I don't want to say that this isn't a, a great movie because it is, and their performances are fantastic. Jack Nicholson is peak Jack Nicholson. Um, bringing all of his Jack Nicholson leanness to the role. Um, and Helen Hunt is is fantastic as well. Um, yeah. Absolutely brilliant in this. I think my favourite part of this movie is her. Um, and I think my favourite scenes aren't necessarily the ones where it's her and Jack Nicholson, but instead where it's where it's um, her and her mum, I think, are, are really great. Or the scenes where it's her and Greg Kinnear as well are, are wonderful. Um, now, Greg Kinnear is one of those guys, the name comes up and I'm like, I know he's from the 90s, but I can't place his face. <laughs> and then I'm like, dad in Little Miss Sunshine. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I, he's one of those people that's just um, a great actor, but who maybe never had as much recognition as he fully deserves. Um, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you know, Little Miss Sunshine is a wonderful movie, but, you know, he's he's done an awful lot of great stuff over the years. Um, yeah, he's also and, in Anchorman 2, The Legend Continues, as Gary Bragger. <laughs> of course, his most famous role. Um, have you ever seen Anchorman 2? I don't know if I have, you know. I feel like a, I have, but I can't remember it. Is it a shit it piece? A, it's a perfectly cromulent movie. It's not right. terrible. Um, a lot of those movies, when they get a sequel, they're bad. It's not bad, but it's not great. Um, no. It doesn't really have the magic of the original, but it's fine. Um, it's not necessary. It's, it's not necessary, but it's not offensive to all the senses either. So it's it's a perfectly fine movie. It's nice to see more Ron Burgundy, um, but not a not. It, it's kind of more of the same more than anything else, which never works when you've got a, a comedy. Um, you, you need something fresh and unexpected to make you laugh. Um, but yeah, so so Greg Kinnear, wonderful Helen Hunt. Like I said, brilliant. Um, Twister, of course, her greatest movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. Movie That's a 90s between, classic. 
yeah, a movie about the love between a man, a woman, and terrifying uh, geographical disasters. Um, <laughs> yeah, now that's a three-person buddy film I would pay to watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Can't can't go wrong with a bit of Twister, though, can you? It's a it's a great movie. Um, yeah. Directed by Jan de Bont, who also did Speed, <laughs> um, the bus that couldn't slow down. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've seen it. Have you not seen Speed? I don't know if I have. Oh, if I have, I is... have no memory of it. So at that point, <laughs> you might as well have not seen it, right? It is It is genuinely fantastic. Is it, it Keanu? It is so good. It is Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, there on a bus. The bus can't slow down. Dennis Hopper is the terrorist who put a bomb on the bus and taunts them over a radio. It is so good. <laughs> what it's more could you brilliant. ask for? It is it's so good. Um, yeah, 10 out of 10 movie, if ever there was one. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm just reading um, here that Helen Hunt did a voice on, in a film called Jock the Hero Dog, which I've not seen. Oh, well, Along with then. Donald Sutherland, <laughs> oh. Ted Danson, and oh. Desmond Tutu. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Desmond Tutu. I shit you not. And Mandy Patinkin as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Desmond Tutu? Why yeah. is Desmond Tutu doing voices in an animated movie? Why not? It's obviously got some strong like religious overtones, this film. I've never heard of it. It came out in 2011. It's got a 4.5 out of 10 based on 543 ratings. I'm not sure this movie did very well, to be honest. Mm. I'm tell- I'll tell you why it didn't do well. Um, it didn't do well because it didn't have a chimpanzee snowboarding. <laughs> yeah, obviously. There's no m- most extreme primate. It wasn't extreme enough. And by extreme, we mean a radical primate, dude. <laughs> radical primate, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but, but <laughs> we've talked about these other movies and directors. As good as it gets, directed by James L. Brooks. Um, James who, L. Brooks. Who you will know from... The, the credits to The Simpsons every time you watch The Simpsons. <laughs> That's there. exactly what I was going to say. You know, on the Treehouse of Horror episodes, their names are always like um, Halloween-related words thrown in there. It's always Chains Hellbrooks or Vane's Hellbrooks, and yeah. I always think of that when I think of him. Yes, and, and he's, done, he's done loads of great stuff in, in, in comedy over the years, um, but hasn't turned his, you know, lots of writing, lots of producing, hasn't turned his eye to directing that much so he's only got um six movies to his name um, right but they're pretty he's had a pretty good hit record with those with those films so you know as good as it gets clearly the the best of the lot but he also did broadcast news which is not a movie i've seen but i've heard is very um very I've good i've not seen that um about um tv reporters um starring william william hurt um apparently he did a lot of mentoring so with say anything he mentored cameron crowe and then with bottle rocky he mentored owen wilson like as as producers oh okay that's brilliant um but yeah so so it's interesting to see him you know behind the camera rather than in that production role in that writing role um and you know it's clearly a movie of someone who is incredibly skilled and understands film craft isn't it you know this is a movie with a with a sharp sharp script with with clever pacing um it's a, a a romantic drama comedy that is over two hours long and doesn't feel over two hours long which is some kind of magic for and it never drags and for a film that long to not drag really is an amazing achievement in any genre. Yeah. yeah, particularly in a movie where so so little really happens as well. Um it's it's not a film that's that's big on It's like major... Seinfeld. <laughs> it's like Set Seinfeld. in New York, not very much happens. Set in New York. Someone says racial slurs. Yes. It's just like Seinfeld. Um but but yeah, it's it's yeah, not a lot happens. You know, you've got shuffling around apartments you've got a little bit of violence a tiny tiny bit just like seinfeld he puts a um, dog in the in the bin 
um and and obviously the scene with um with uh skeet ulrich and uh his 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 friends who include metallica drummer skeet ulrich (laughs) (laughs) um uh because it's um yes skeet ulrich genuinely the name of an actor um who you know he's in scream and then one of his buddies from scream is one of the other guys who who breaks in um yeah what's well. amazing about that scene is that um simon greg kinnear he he sort of before they beat him up he sort of looks at them with like this fear in his eyes and he just or the guy who's kind of been posing as his model to get them in he looks at him right in the eye and he says why are you doing this and there's no response and that is such a powerful moment in the film and the, the, a really, really brilliant, dramatic moment in amongst a lot of quite funny and lighthearted stuff. There is this really, really serious core to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's very shocking as well um, that you've got this movie that's quite meandering, quite slow paced and is generally pretty, um, pretty, you know, low, low energy, I guess, is the best way to describe it. It's, it's not... Um, it's not boring, but it's it goes at its own pace and it's more about the characters. But then there's this really shocking scene of violence and it's not gratuitous. Um, it just kind of happens. And it really is quite um, quite shocking when it does. Yeah, really, really shocking. And it it's a, it's a turning point in the film as well when it sort of goes from... Oh yeah, Jack Nicholson's like an old an old guy and he's saying his bad things and he's being a dick and you know that he's a dick but it's like actually now at this point he might need to step up or he might need to do something different and then that's how he ends up having the dog and that's that's the turning point, isn't it? When things start to change for him. Yeah, yeah. He's got to look outside of his own world um, and, and have this responsibility for other people and things that other people care about. Um... And and he sort of, you know, he steps up to the plate in that way. Um, and it's yeah, it's it's um, it's it's interesting the way that it, it does it, and it, it it does make you kind of root for him. And in a way, you've got that more um, more intensive emotional attachment to it because it's not just his stakes it's the stakes of everybody else that are on the line yeah for sure and all of that then becomes mixed up in his character and that's why it's such a brilliant character piece because it manages to tie all their characters together in a way that's very very neat and doesn't feel um you know doesn't feel forced which i think is often what happens when a film like this is more plot driven yes yeah exactly and i it's it allows itself to have that room to breathe um where you can you can recognize the way in which all of these characters have their have their own nuances and there's there's a depth to all of them that really really helps endear you to all of them i guess um and it's worth pointing out as well that um obsessive compulsive disorder ocd is not always particularly well um well well showcased in movies and in television the depiction of it is often not great as it is with you know general conversation in in the population you know you've got shit like big bang theory which just is terrible um you've got the simpsons to bring up another james elbert project where um uh, occasionally they make jokes about ocd for instance which is always felt in bad taste yeah um it's something that people still joke about casually in a way that yeah. I, I can't stand or sort of drop drop into casual conversations as if it's not a real thing. It's still something I think that really is not well understood. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, speaking as having family members who dealt with it, you know, it's it's really, really tough. And I think that affects and it's very, very individualized to the person who suffers with it. And, you know, affects people in a myriad of different ways. So depictions of it are always going to be tricky. But I am actually satisfied with the depiction of it in this film because it's not being used as a foil for anything, is it? Yeah, and I was going to say that, you know, as I understand it, people with OCD are generally pretty happy with the way that it's portrayed in in As Good As It Gets. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's it's not a disorder that's often correctly depicted um but 
people seem to feel that it, it accurately represents it. Um, and, and and I've got my I've got my own issues with the way that it's used sometimes. So you know when Jack Nicholson says, you know I'm I'm starting to take my medication again because of you. It's like that's yeah. not necessarily a good message to put out because people's you know use of medication and things like that that should be based around their own um, own desires. Not and about that's how that's they... tacked on romance, isn't it? That's a, and again that's symptomatic of that. Yeah, again, it's it's the, it's the need to tack on the romance to this movie, which kind of undermines it a little bit there. Um, but in general, I do think that it's it's a it's a strong depiction of how um, mental ill health can impact on somebody uh, in a way that is refreshing, particularly for a movie from 1997. You know, this is yeah. this is a pretty old movie, and this has better representation than a lot of modern films. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, this is twenty four years ago almost, which is kind of hard to believe. But it's it's pretty yeah, it's pretty on the money from that point of view. Despite all the slurs and stuff, you know, yeah, it's yeah. relatively woke. Yeah, twenty four years. I think Helen Hunt now is about the age that Jack Nicholson was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So you um, could remake it like um, gender swapped. Gender swap it with. Who would play? Who would play Melvin? Oh, some some young boy, someone like Tom Holland. Tom Holland. There we go. He's a waiter. The youngest. And Helen Hunt's going in, going in the restaurant and bothering him every day. <laughs> yeah. Taking in Give her plastic cutlery. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it's um, but yeah, it is it is refreshing to see a movie from this era that at least is able to to talk about things in a more sensitive manner and i I do wish that they didn't put in the slurs you know i don't think it adds anything to the movie um and it it has aged it um but at least with the depiction of ocd it got got something like that right and it's refreshing to see that yeah like you've got him dancing along the crack the pavement because he doesn't want to step on the cracks and stuff which is actually sort of a a quite well-known and easily can be very very cliched depiction of OCD, but and it it comes across as light hearted, but not like you're laughing at it for the sake of it, because it's wrapped up in a, a quite complex character. It's just one part of him; it doesn't define him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's it showcases the various ways in which it impacts in his life, um, and I think that's really important. Is it doesn't just say the surface level stuff, doesn't just play it for jokes once and then forget about it. It's an embedded part of how he interacts with the world around him, and I think you know that that's what we need to do. We need to have that context, have that understanding, and and as good as it gets, just gets that well. Yeah, for sure. And a, a lesser, more shit PC film would would be like, hey, I used to have OCD, but now I met you, a young woman, and now I'm cured. <laughs> So it doesn't go as yeah, far as ad- doing that. Even though there's tagged on romance, you feel like it could have been a very different film if they really wanted to go for it. Yeah, Adam Sandler's as good as it gets. <laughs> um, I Rob, Sh- Rob Schneider playing a gay artist. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> is, yeah, the movie that should never exist. I hope that no one from... What's his production house called? Uh um, Who, um rob schneider's no no adam sandler's is it big gigolo uh, anti-vax films <laughs> big gigolo anti-vax films um <laughs> it's a portmanteau of two of his movies um uh what's it called 51st dates billy madison productions happy happy madison productions oh yeah that's the it's one called yeah i'm hoping that no one from happy madison is listening in and goes my God, I know they listen every week to try and steal our ideas. Is what Stealing they do. Our, our movies are better than anything I mean, that Madison Productions has made. Lit Men is coming out next year, <laughs> starring Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, Adam Sandler, and Adam Sandler. He's going to yeah, play all the parts, like Eddie Murphy in Norbit. <laughs> which I found out the other day was nominated for an Oscar. That's the very definition yeah. of cursed knowledge. So I yeah. just have to give a shout out to my friends Matt and Jimmy who do... Um, a show called That Baseball Show, which is a very, very good and very funny and lighthearted baseball podcast. And they talked about that on there for some reason. And I said, I said to him, oh, th- thanks for letting me know that. He said, it's cursed knowledge and now it's yours. So I would very much <laughs> like everyone to take away the concept of cursed knowledge from this, yeah. from this yeah. show. 
Yeah, cursed knowledge. What you cannot unsee. It's like when you see an awful tweet on Twitter and you just can't forget about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, Happy Madison Productions, known for such recent hits as The Wrong Missy, which is apparently a fucking awful movie from What the hell year. is that? I've never heard of that. Um, so, the Wrong uh, Missy. David Spade accidentally invites the wrong woman along. He 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 um he goes on a date with someone called melissa nicknamed missy um and she's weird and he's like i don't want to go out with that and then he meets someone else called melissa and then he's got to go along to some work event holiday thing and he accidentally invites the wrong missy on the trip and hijinks ensue oh no that sounds bad yeah apparently it's it's pretty damn awful um yeah the ridiculous six pixels paul blart mole cop 2 <laughs> paul blart mole cop 2 i've wanted to watch paul blart mole cop with you for ages but i haven't joe, got around to it <laughs> joe yeah. dirt 2 beautiful loser joe dirt yeah jack and jill of course oh which yeah is the example of adam sandler playing more than one role um so yeah come on guys Jump on board as good as it gets, the Adam Sandler version. Yeah. I'm sure it won't be an awful disaster. As good as it jets. <laughs> Although, funnily enough, James L. Brooks was involved in the film Spanglish, which is supposed to be a good Adam Sandler film. And I've seen like half of that film when it was on TV, and I haven't ever watched it all. Have you seen it? <laughs> I have not seen it. Was the half that you saw okay? Yeah. I mean, it, it was, I, saw, I think I saw the half that was in Spanish, but that was okay. My Spanish is all right. Oh, there we go. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a good movie, isn't it? As good as it gets. It is. Yeah. I, it holds up surprisingly well. And I think is is well worth your time. And it's, it, I'm glad that this kind of stuff is on Netflix, you know, rather than there being lots of stuff like the wrong Missy or whatever, you know, you're better off revisiting this kind of thing, aren't you? Yeah. That's the thing is, you know, some of the new material that goes on Netflix is great. Um, they give, they give directors the opportunity to, um, to showcase their work in a way that they wouldn't necessarily be able to through the traditional um, production model, you know, uh, and and it's great. But at the same time, they also have a lot of dross. Um, and I think that some movies do get lost in the ether where, yeah, you could buy them from Amazon Prime, but they're not on Prime for free if you've got a membership. No. Or they're not on Netflix. And a lot of these movies, people kind of forget about because there's always something new to watch yeah um you're not going to pay, something... pay 349 to rent it for 48 hours in standard definition when you know cronk's new groove is free or whatever <laughs> yeah exactly exactly you've got if you've got your disney uh plus subscription now you can get all of the stars stuff so you can watch all of that yeah. instead there's a lot of shows about cops on that aren't there there are there's also the strain which is a wonderful show uh do you know the strain so the strain is a zombie uh vampire story from guillermo del toro so he wrote these books with another writer um who i can't remember the name of and it got turned into this marvelously trashy horror tv series um it's it's absolutely wonderful um the first series is really good fun and then it gets progressively stupider as it goes on um it's uh yeah it's great so (laughs) Go on, star, go on stars on Disney Plus and watch The Strain. Not enough people watched it when it came out. It's great. That sounds really good. The the the, the vampires are infected via little worms, and then they get big worm tongues, and that's how they suck your blood. It's, cool. it's silly as anything. It's so good. Um, but yeah, and that's what was missing from as good as it gets is vampires. Vampires, well. yeah, yeah. I always thought vampires. Jack Nicholson was a bit of a vampire. Or oh, he did play a wolf man, didn't he? That's true. And what's the film? Is it just called Wolf? That film. It's called it's called Wolf or Wolfen or something, isn't no, it? It's just called Wolf. Yeah, he's a wolf boy. Yeah, which yeah. means he's good. He's yeah. on our side. The original wolf boy. He's not going to be happy that Sandler Pie Productions or whatever they're called are stealing our ideas. He's he's going to go and tell them off for us. I reckon he will. He'll give him a little gruff. Get away from those ideas. Yeah. He's going to bite Adam Sandler on our behalf. <laughs> yes, I'd watch that. Yeah, 
That's a film. Um, That's a film. They they were in a movie, weren't they? Were they? Yeah, weren't they the the two main characters in Anger Management? Jack Nicholson, Adam Sandler. Anger Management, you're right. I've not seen that. I remember that being quite enjoyable. For some reason in my head, when, that was John C. Riley, but I think I'm thinking of a different film. When I was a stupid teenager, I <laughs> seem to remember enjoying Anger Management. <laughs> um, I think it all ends at some kind of sport game. I'm not sure Of course what. it does. But some kind of sport game. Is Rob Schneider in it? Uh, I don't know. That will be the test if it's good or if it's not good. It's if Rob Schneider turns up. I don't. I don't see Rob Schneider's name, but I do see Rudy Giuliani on the, <laughs> on the list, of, <laughs> list of people. That's incredible. Um, so yeah, I think that's one that we need to we need to watch. If if there's one thing that couldn't have made the the Trump legal action any better, if Rudy Giuliani was replaced by Rob Schneider, and you yeah. know that Rob Schneider would have done it as well. Of course he would have done. He'd have loved it. He'd have <laughs> He'd loved every loved second of it. He'd have been like, "I'm going to stand up here and you're going to watch my head sweat." <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, right. Have you got anything else you'd like to say about as good as it gets? Um, just that the performances are all extremely good. It's it's really, really well put together on every level. And it's very, very nice to look at. And it does a nice job of being set in New York without ever labouring that point, which a lot of these kind of films do. It's just kind of happening in New York. And it feels very real, doesn't it? It's actually, even though the way he acts is quite is quite extra, as the kids say, I think this is actually a film that feels extremely real and is is very very emotionally deep. Yeah, I I'd agree with you on that. I think it's um it does have that emotional tangible quality to it where you do get this understanding of these characters and that is a rare thing even today to get that in a movie. Um and yeah, so this is one of the few films where you can really turn to it and and do that. Yeah, sure. I th- I think it holds up well and is is well worth watching as a an Academy Award winner. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I've got a bit of trivia. There's lots of interesting trivia for this movie, but there's one bit that I just wanted to call out specifically, and it's so good that no other trivia compares. Um, which is that the movie's title was ca- translated as Mister Cat Poop in Hong Kong. <laughs> What? Apparently it came from the name Melvin, which is pronounced very similar to the Cantonese colloquial word for cat poop. Oh no. So they ended up calling it Mr. Cat Poop. Mr. Cat Poop. And then they're watching it thinking, I was expecting a cat film and it's a dog film. Everyone in Hong Hong Kong must have been furious. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, yeah, there's loads of other trivia, but I just wanted to call that one out. Well, the, the one that I thought was very interesting is that James L. Brooks flew Jeffrey Rush from Sydney to Los Angeles to audition for the part of Simon Bishop, and he offered him the role, but Jeffrey Rush declined it. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. He was too busy growing a beard so he could be Captain Evil Bastard in Disney's Pirates of the Ride of Disneyland or whatever. Six years later, he was growing that beard for a long time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Right, so uh, how are we going to rank this then? Uh, let's see. How many rashes of bacon do you have in your Ziploc bag to get the dog to like you? So that dog's going to love me because I've got 16 rashes of bacon in my nice. bag. This movie is fantastic. Like I said, I don't... I don't like the slurs. I'm sorry if that makes me a soy boy beta cuck, but I don't like the slurs. And um, I do kind of wish it was a platonic relationship that was explored instead of adding the romantic element. But nonetheless, it's a it's a wonderful movie um, and well worth a watch. Yeah, there are a few things that date it, but, you know, as probably less the case for this film than maybe anything else that came out in 1997. So... Hats off, I see. Very, very good. I, I will I will also give it a 16. I think that's good. What are you saying about Speed 2 Cruise Control, which came out in 1997? 
Yeah, or about the beautician and the beast, which I just found out existed. Liar, liar was nineteen ninety seven. Oh, was it really? Yeah, that is an awesome film. Um, or uh, perfect or blue. Um, perfect blue. What's yeah, that? perfect blue is this incredible anime um, by uh, Satoshi Kon, who was a it was a fantastic um, animator. Oh, and that's a, right. I yeah, haven't seen this. It's a it's a wonderful movie, which is really worth watching. I would love to talk about it on this podcast, but it is definitely not appropriate. But it is like a, a you know a psychological drama. It's not people think of anime and they think of big men with fire for hair punching each other, but it's not yeah. always that. It's, there's some good stuff in there, like Perfect Blue, which is a, a wonderful little film. Um, but yeah, so it's a good year for movies, actually, 1997. It was the same year as Airbud, first one. <laughs> same year as Airbud. Yeah, Titanic, The Fifth Element as well. Ah, oh, The um, Fifth Element, which Goodwill we talked Hunting, about. Uh, Starship Troopers, LA Confidential, The Original Austin Powers. Blimey. Men in Black. Dante's Peak. Gattaca, Con Air, and Face Off. It was a very good year for Nicolas Cage. Possibly yeah. the best year for Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and The Postman um, for Kevin Costner. Yeah, obviously. Which is apparently three hours long. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's a real stinker, apparently. <laughs> um, anyway, so we've watched a a really great movie this week. And we decried the addition of, of shit movies to uh netflix so i thought what better way to (laughs) what better way to follow up this this classic this wonderful movie than with an erotic thriller that's recently been added to netflix because i've got to bring in the low before we go into the high of our very special episode after this one yeah um so i saw that a movie called fatal has just been added to netflix oh no from, I've seen nothing about this. From 2020, um, starring Hilary Swank, who I okay. like. That was like, okay, Hilary Swank is good. Um, but it's basically one of those terrible erotic thrillers, a lot like that movie Obsessed that we recently watched. Oh, was that um, the one that was like Idris Polish? Elba. Oh, no, that that was, yeah, the... Um, the shit piece where it was a woman in his office who was a temp yeah so, so yeah, this time right. um, after a one night stand a successful married man finds himself <clears throat> entangled in a cunning police detective's latest investigation and there's cops as well there's cops in there there's affairs it's called Fatal I think it's going to be a great movie I'm putting it out there this is going to be the best movie we watch all year there's a poster with lots of purple on it. Yeah. And a fancy font. And a fancy Can't go font. wrong. It was meant to come out in theatres in December. I don't know if that actually happened um, or if it just went straight to streaming services. But let's do this. All right. I'm well up for it. Excellent stuff. All right. Well, thanks a lot for listening in. We really, really appreciate it. And we hope you enjoyed as good as it gets. Or if you haven't watched it again, go go and rewatch it. You could be doing a lot worse things with your weekend. Yeah, go watch this movie. It holds up really well. You get yeah. to see Jack Nicholson put a dog down a trash chute. Yeah, you get to see a dog projectile piss on him in like the first minute of the film. <laughs> what, you know you're in you for mean? a treat. You get to see Shane Black, famous screenwriter be a furious manager at a restaurant (laughs) yeah there's all sorts of little things like that about it as well but overall yeah it's good it's deep it's heartwarming it's nice so please please go and enjoy it um you can find us on twitter at big boys don't pod you can email us big boys don't cry podcast at gmail.com um there's a link in our show notes to where you can give us money it's kind of like a tip jar no obligation just if you like what we do throw some coins in there um And please remember to rate us, comment, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Helps more people find the show, etc. Yeah, if you were going to go on a road trip to the outskirts of Baltimore, who are the two people that you'd like to do the road trip with? Yeah, who's your your platonic buddy film? The the answer is, of course, us two. 
Us two. Oh no, sorry. I was going to say Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider to come with me. <laughs> I mean, you can take that because that means that I will be nowhere near Adam Sandler and Rob Schneider whilst that happens, which is you know yeah. a, a net positive for my life. Or you and Rob Schneider. No. Double, Double Rob. Rob. Double yeah. Rob never works. It's like magnets. Yeah. Double Rob never works, as we found out um, when I was getting married. <laughs> Oh dear. All right. And we'll be back next week to talk about Fatale. I think I've said that right. <laughs> Fatale, I think it's pronounced. Oh, Fatale. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Bye bye. Bye.